0: Hello and welcome to the MXU Worship Podcast hosted by Steven Brewster. Each episode features great conversations between Stephen and all kinds of worship leaders, from the most prolific songwriters from prominent churches to folks you may have never heard of.
1: Either way, we hope that these resources and conversations will encourage, equip, and empower you to be the best worship leader you can be. Make sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast too, so you can stay up to date on all of our episodes and other resources.
0: What's up, man? Thank you for joining hey, us today. Thanks for having me, dude. So you were in Nashville last week, hanging out, writing songs, and yeah, uh, got to kick it, kick it a little bit at the Worship Together conference. Yeah. Um, when you're in Nashville, what is like? Is it does it feel different when you're in a songwriting mode than when you're like in like hanging with the homies mode? I mean, a little
1: bit. There's there's part of it that. Definitely feels that way because one of the biggest things about writing is half of it is you're meeting new people and even to like, you know, you just got to break the ice. You got to get to know people. And so I'm pretty introverted. And so that part of the process is definitely, (laughs) it's a hurdle for me every time that I go into Nashville. There's something nice about, I'm in Atlanta. And so there's something nice about like, turning that off for a little bit when you go yep. to Nashville for a week, you just, you do the thing and then you can come back down. So it definitely feels a little bit different, right. but at the same time I say that and a week like last week I was able to write with some good friends of mine who we've got real relationship and have some real trust there. And so that yeah. feels totally different. That's just like same yeah. thing, different location. Um, And then also, I mean, you're, you're like always meeting new people that you feel like you, you know, that you connect with and that are kind of hungry for the same things you're hungry for. So got to experience some of that last week. It was, it was, it was amazing. So
0: we just, I just talked with Anna Golden recently and uh, we were just talking about how like every time you go into a writing session, it's a chemistry experiment.
1: Oh, If it's somebody
0: new, right? Like. (laughs) You're like, is this gonna vibe or is this not gonna be a vibe? And we're gonna like, it's gonna totally. suck for the next three hours. <laughs> it's you so know,
1: true. Bro. I mean, the good news is, it's more often than not, it's really good. But yeah, you definitely have your moments, and sometimes you're the one who ruins the chemistry, and you realize, right, that. A lot yeah, you
0: you, <laughs> you kill the vibe instead of everybody <laughs> else. I'm like,
1: dang, I, I really, really ruined that thing.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's so true. I've only had one team ever like text me and be like, can we leave this right early? And, uh, I'm like, no, no. Right. This is because, because you can learn something in any, in any session or situation, right? Like there's always something you can go, oh, I've never thought about writing this like that, or your process to get to there was different than how I would. I'm going to put that in my toolbox for later.
1: Yeah. And things change too. Like sometimes you get in a right and at first you're like, I really don't know how this is gonna go. And it could just be a yeah. personality thing, it could be a background thing, you know, you come from like a really different kind of church or a different style right. of music or whatever. And you're like, Man, this could <laughs> this could totally bust. And sometimes those right. are the songs that you walk out and you're like, Man, that's really special. I mean, I've even had rights where I walked out. And I thought that song sucks. Like, that was a bad song we just wrote, and the hang wasn't good. And months later, I'm like, wait, actually, that song was amazing, and the write was just difficult. It wasn't actually bad. You know, I've, in transparency, I walked out and be like, man, I'm never going to write with that person again. And then, like, (laughs) a month or two later, you're like, wait, actually, that was awesome. And I was just, yeah, I was just off of it that day. So, It is. That's, that's a good word. A chemistry experiment.
0: And and what's going on in your world or their world that day? Mm -hmm. Like you don't know, you don't know what they encountered before they got to that. Right. And they don't know what you encountered before you got to that. Right. Yeah. Like it can, it can like, you can meet the same person twice and it's two different people, you know? Oh, no doubt. And, and so uh, it's funny. I, 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 I get to work with worship teams like, and so um, I always tell them, you never, you very rarely walk out of a right and go, mm-hmm. man, that was a clunker. Like you, yeah. <laughs> every time I talk to a worship, to a, to a writer, they're like, we wrote a banger today. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you listen to it like two or three weeks later and you're like, yo, that was not a banger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a clunker for sure. Like, how did we get there? You know? <laughs>
1: Oh my Um, gosh. Yeah, dude. And you've also got like, people are coming from such different, like you were saying, you don't know how someone came in to the room. And that also is just like, you don't know what kind of, you know, good songs typically are like vulnerable songs and they like mean something to the people who are writing them. And for that to happen It's also like everyone's got to be able to come in and just be, you know, authentic and real. And this is what's really going on in my life and the song that I need to sing and, what you know, whatever. And So getting to that point is, it's a journey.
0: No question. So talking about journeys a little bit, um, you are a proud member of the amazing group House Fires. Yeah, yeah, Um, Uh. yeah. I would say... At this point, house fires is like a legacy band right like I mean yeah. like, there's the house fire like the different iterations of house fires totally. have had have had influence on on the worship community in a unique way yeah how did you get connected to house fires
1: yeah it's a great question uh, it was a long uh, really long weavy, wobbly story but several years ago um I got connected with the folks that like OG house fires. So Kirby and Tony and JJ and Nate. And because we were all a part of the same like church family. So we were like part of a, like a, it's called the grace family of churches in the Atlanta area. And so we were all in the same church family and I was leading worship and writing songs with people at one of their church plants in a college town in Athens, Georgia, where university of Georgia is. Awesome yeah yeah and so we were like in that and they kind of just offered us a lot of support like emotionally helping us figure out you know how do you you know establish a worship community and learn how to do you know learn how to stay creative and write songs that um, need to be written and all these things and so it started there and then uh over time, as that season kind of came to an end, and I was moving to Atlanta, was when I got kind of like reconnected to to Kirby at Grace Midtown, which is the yeah. church that actually we both work at, uh, and then also with JJ and Tony as they were starting that little thing called Maverick City Music. And so we got connected. Never heard to of it? That. Yeah, ever heard of Maverick? <laughs> so.
0: I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and so at that point I started uh, you know, hanging around. I was at the writing camps at the recordings, and as kind of this new era of House Fires was coming about, it actually really started with the songs. So there were a few songs I had written over that period of time, but they're like, We really want to throw these on this record. And I had no intention yeah. of being on the album or being a part of House Fires. And through a really odd, funny turn of events, we uh, on one of the songs I'd written, it's called If I Could Have Anything, and I'd shown up to the rehearsal just to hear the song, because I was just like, oh, let's right. go hear it. How's, it. how's it coming? And they were like, why don't you just hop up and get in the mix? And so that was actually how I got on that record and then became a part of Housefire. So it was so funny. It was like you show up just to hear the rehearsal, yeah, just and then you up. end up in a band. And you're like, well, I guess that's how these things happen. (laughs) And it's funny because when you hear about like other people's stories, even within House Fires, that's how like everybody ended up in this thing was like somebody just like pushes a mic over and says like, you should just sing this part. And then all of a sudden they're in this band for 10 years. And so since then, you know, we recorded those records. We went on Kingdom tour last summer with Maverick City and Kirk Franklin We released the albums finally this year. um, And we're just kind of seeing what the next season is for House Fires. And we're really excited about the stuff we put out. And it's been cool to see the songs touch people in a really unique way. And so, yeah, I mean, how I got here is really bizarre. And now we're in this, you know, exciting new era for House Fires. And kind of just, again, seeing what's next.
0: Yeah, I love it, man. So tell us a little bit, because I think like most people know you from house fires, right? Yeah. But tell us a little bit about Blake, the worship leader, yeah. Who uh like is rocking it at grace,
1: you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I uh I'm a church kid. I grew up in church in South Georgia, like almost Florida, okay. tiny little town called Moultrie. And grew up in this beautiful church. Um like really valued the presence of God was multicultural, multi-generational
0: love that it was oh,
1: like awesome. kind of, and for a church in South Georgia, like that's kind of an anomaly at the time. Um, and it was beautiful. And I was there and I was in the mix. And of course I was leading worship. Cause if you, if you are musical and you're in church, you end up leading worship. But around the time that I was 19 right. and I was at college, I really encountered God and from that point, you know, started taking leading worship seriously. Um, and I was at a college ministry where I really was able to like grow with that team and learn a lot and experience some amazing things with them. Uh, and at the same time was starting to kind of write some songs and figure out what, what was like my unique role in leading worship, both in the church and outside of the church, started to kind of get yep. some, you know, you get those pushes where you're like, okay, I think that like, there's something on this like writing right. thing. There's something on this artistry thing. So it kind of phased into, cause I was, you know, head down working at this college ministry, you know, leading a volunteer team, doing the whole thing. And it was amazing. And I was like, there's this thing of writing and kind of, creating the songs for the church to sing and it felt like it was that god was all over it and so
0: that's amazing
1: started to take that really seriously with the group of friends and we would get together like every i think it was every monday or tuesday night and we would just get together talk about life and try and write some songs (laughs) and so that was kind of how we started this thing called lion's den and it was kind of a worship collective just of our friends in a like small college yep. town, doing our thing, uh, and we really grew a lot through that. Like, I, I felt like I got a different perspective on what it means to lead the church in worship. That's not just uh, that, that wasn't only uh, shown in like leading the volunteer team and yep. actually leading the worship on Sunday. It was like okay, there is this other there's this other lane of like, again, creating the language for people to worship in church. And it it felt really special and it felt unique. And um, obviously like when, when I then moved to Atlanta, ending up at Grace Midtown was a, a kind of a no brainer. I had been at a church that was their church plant for a while. And then also it was like, this is a church that values like real community it values creating songs for the church, like of any church in the area. It's like, this is the one that's like, you know, you walk in the room and you can feel the history of like, oh, whoa, some language has been crafted here. That's actually touched the world. And so when I got to Atlanta, I actually just texted Kirby, who is, who's the worship pastor at Grace Midtown. And for anyone who doesn't know, is like original member of House Fires. And I was like, Hey, I'm in town. Like, no pressure. I'll just, and this is like when we're still in virtual services. So I was like, I'll just come oh, and wow, like okay. roll cables and like, just sit in the room and help y'all out. So that was like how I even got in there. And Kirby was like, you know, if if you've ever met Kirby, you know, she's just like an empowerer. She just likes to empower people. Yeah. And so like two weeks later, she's like, Hey, will you just come lead worship here? I was like, sure. And from there, I was kind of like off to the races. It was such a, such a beautiful community and such a breath of fresh air for me, especially at that time, you know, we're in, you know, we're, we're coming out of COVID lockdown and it's like, yeah, I just need somewhere to connect. And, uh, it's been this really beautiful thing. And since then I've like, I, I said, I would never join a church staff again at that time. And yeah. now I'm, on church staff again
0: (laughs) On on church staff yeah it's it's magnetic right it like in a way it is yeah like (laughs) yeah it's funny man like so i was in the music business for like 10 years and then yeah and then really felt like the lord was calling me into like vocational ministry Mm -hmm. and so i'm probably one of the only people in the world that moved moved back to nashville to get out of the music business (laughs) so that's good wait how did that happen so I was, yeah, I was working at, um, a record company called Integrity and it was based yeah. in Mobile, Alabama at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and then I started like just relationships with all these pastors all over the country because they all had blogs back then. Yeah. Of and course. so <laughs> they hated, they hated having blogs, but because their buddies had them, they had to have them. And so, um, I would like, I literally sat in my office and cold called like a hundred pastors that had like mm. blogs and just said, Hey, if I send you music, would you like blog about it? You can say you hate it. I don't care. I just right. need you to talk about it. And they were like, they were all like, cool. So anytime I'd go into one of those cities, I would try to take them out to breakfast or lunch and just thank them for hanging out. Yeah. And uh and I've started forming a relationship with this pastor and this uh executive pastor in Nashville. And like they were like, Hey, can we hire you to be our creative pastor? Wow. I'm like you live in Nashville. Like, have you been to a coffee <laughs> shop? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. there's, and, but it was just the Lord, you know? And then we, we came here and it was like an amazing time of life. And I never thought I would be out of vocational ministry. I, I thought that would be the rest of my life. Yeah. And that's why I love doing this. Cause it's like, it helps like serve the local church a little bit. Totally. So,
1: totally. I mean, that's so. what I was, I was actually telling someone the other day. I was like, my, you know, <laughs> my dream is actually that I could just be, on our local team and just serve like, you know, it's like, you know, I think, I think the common thought is like, okay, I love the church. I love leading worship. So like moving forward would be me like becoming a worship pastor, et cetera. Right. And for me, it feels like the opposite. I'm like, man, I just want to be like on the team. Right. Show up every couple of weeks, serve, And, so right now it's kind of that that middle juncture of yep. you know I was out of I was in church ministry I was out of church ministry and I'm back right now and I'm like man the feeling of just being on the team is so special so I kind of
0: yep. I envy that a little bit it's so special what do you what do you think makes it special yeah. like what is it for you what is it that's special
1: yeah I mean I think that you know, part of it might be like a reaction for me. It might be that, uh, being on like a church worship team, it's like such a, in my opinion, it's such a meaningful use of our gifts. It's not attached to success and it's not attached to like promotion and it's not attached to like becoming something. It's just using your gift for the, with other people using their gifts for the sake of the community you're a part of. And to me, I think it's just yep. really, it's a breath of fresh air. And it's like, when you think about like a volunteer team, right? Like we've got a drummer on our team. Who's a veterinarian, like a really successful veterinarian in Atlanta. That's dope. And he just comes in once a month and he slams, like he's amazing. And uh, like that kind of thing to see like this guy who, you know, Him playing drums on a Sunday morning isn't like helping him in any way other than he enjoys it, he loves it, he gets to serve with people and he gets to serve people. And it's like that feels amazing. And on the other end, when you do have like when you're in, when you're working in music and you're working in the worship industry, it's like what a breath of fresh air that like. There are no cameras on. No one's recording anything mm-hmm. except for like a bad live stream. And then it's like, <laughs> and you know, you're just like with people and experiencing that. And yeah. that to me is like, man, I love all the other stuff, right? Like I love the big right. productions and I love this or whatever. But there is something about Sunday morning that is like, man, it's the hiccups and it's the awkward parts of like, yeah. and especially at our church, like our church is in the round so like everybody Mm -hmm. can see everybody there's like windows everywhere so it's like you're in a greenhouse so there's like there's no and there's no disrespect to these things but there's no smoke there's no lights there's no because we they would serve no purpose when there's that much light in the room so it's like any of the kind of helpful like we can't really dim the lights. We can't really right. spotlight. You're we not creating atmosphere outside of the Lord. You can't really. It's like in, and so that it allows us to have this like sort of awkward. You've got to bring your worship <laughs> kind of thing, and yeah. that is so special um, to me. I just love that. It feels like yeah a thing that I personally crave and that kind of teaches me how to worship and encounter God in non-church life yep. as much as it does on Sunday morning. And so to be able to serve and like do that with other people and have the like awkward moments where someone tries to flow and they like right. end up in some <laughs> weird territory and you're like, well, whatever, <laughs> like
0: it happens. So here we are. Yep. And it's yep. like the growing. Well, yeah, here's, here's where we landed today. Totally. You were talking about water guns or something. <laughs> so
1: it's just I, to me it feels like a real real it's so it's so unique. like there there are no other except for like concerts, there are no other places where people get together and sing and encounter God and like have a have an individual experience amongst a large like group corporate experience. And it just is special. There's just nothing like it. And I'm, I'm grateful that I'm at a church that values that and that I get to do my small part in stewarding that and helping create the environment. So,
0: so as a worship leader, like obviously church has been a big part of your life. Yeah. Um, How do you, what do you take from church to house fires? Like so, when you're when you're working on a record or working on songs or out on the road Mm -hmm. leading, and I mean, it's very different to lead in arenas than it is to lead in (laughs) like the round at at your church with no lights or no smoke, you know. No. So what 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 tools do you take with you? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's
1: the you know, I think that's been the thing that maybe house fires and some other like expressions have modeled really well over the years is how to take that like house fires started in house churches i started in house churches you know it's like we're in college and we're in a basement and we're you know have one bad acoustic guitar and we're just like (laughs) worshiping for three hours you know so it's like you learn there's a difference like that has always kind of been the thing. Like when you, when there's only 15 people in a room and a guitar, it's like, you know, you don't have multi tracks. You don't have a pad behind you. You don't have a click track. It's like, all you have is your like, especially when you're starting, you have your like little songs, your little song mm-hmm. lists. And then you're like, and then just the spirit of God. Yep. And so I think that like at church and within house fires, like the whole thing has always been, like the paying attention to what God is doing in the room, and um, I think you can do that in every environment. Um, it does get more difficult the larger the environment you get into, right when you're in a, when you're in an arena it's <laughs> it is tougher to to find that flow and to really minister to the moment, so it's easy to just sing the songs and you know go point a to point b and then move to the next song but i think that i think one thing that i've learned especially at our church is just the value of slowing down yep because i think that a lot of times in church we are afraid to get quiet like we're afraid mm-hmm. to like let everything hover for a minute but it's yep. so important like that's when That's when people can start hearing God, you know, is when we let it sit for a little bit longer and just see like, all right, what's God doing in me? What's God doing in the room? What's God wanting to say? How do we want to respond? Um, And I think that that's a, that's a, a mode that can happen anywhere. It can happen in a house church. It can happen in a stadium. It's like, if you'll just stop for a second and step out of the song for a moment and just pay attention to what God, I just think that paying attention is the thing that um, I think it's the most difficult thing to do, especially at church because you have so much going on, you know, you got a timer right in front of you and you need to make space for the announcements and for the message. And kids' churches like filled with volunteers with kids crawling all over. It's just like there's just a lot of to, Right. And you have to respect that and also create space for an encounter because yep. people are coming to our churches. I'm coming to my church needing to encounter God. Yeah. And it's like. Yes, the lyrics of these songs and the melodies of these songs and the arrangements of these songs were crafted to, you know, to lean into that. But there's something special that God's doing in each church that, or each, every time we gather, that's different than the time before. And I think that that is like, that's worship, right? It's like, if we could balance the excellence of preparation and picking Mm -hmm. good songs and writing good songs and all this stuff and paying attention to what God's doing. I think it works for everybody. I think it might be uncomfortable at times, but it's like there's something really valuable about the silence and the, and the letting it hang. And, you know, and I, ju- I think that that is, it's a lost art a little bit. Everything seems yep. to be getting louder and louder, which is its own version of beautiful. Yeah. But we need the, yep. we need the silence a little bit too. Um, and I think that that is what, you know, it's funny because when it comes to house fires, like I was a, I was a fan long before I right. was a part of it. And so yep. like, before I ever met these guys, I like knew of their songs and, you know, right.
0: And and probably led some of them. No
1: doubt. Like no doubt. I remember the first time I heard good, good father. And I was like, man, yeah." I like led it a week later. And I was like,
0: right. What in the world
1: (laughs) is this? You know, (laughs) or like build my life or, you know, obviously massive, like so many, so many other songs. Like they have a huge collection of songs are just insane. And, you know, That's something that I even learned from them before I knew them. You know, like I learned, I learned from Kirby how to Kirby and Pat and Nate how to like hold space for God to do whatever He wanted to do. Long before, you know, long before we were hanging out or writing songs together or touring together, like, and so, and I think that is that that has been the for lack of a better term, like the the secret sauce has been yeah. slow down and let God say what God could say right now if we if we opened our ears and let Him yeah. speak. So, do you,
0: do you ever feel like a weight or a pressure that like <laughs> there's worship leaders, young worship leaders, right now mm-hmm. watching you the way you watched yeah. Kirby, Pat, and Nate. Yeah. I mean,
1: for sure. I don't, I, if I'm honest, I, it hasn't sunk in yet. You know, when you're... That's probably good though. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. And I think there's also like everything feel, it, it. the last year has felt like, what in the world is going on? Like right. <laughs> you turn around and you're like, well, I don't understand. Like I don't have a context for a lot of this stuff. But I think that I do feel... Pressure could be the right word, but it definitely feels like a weight, not like a burden. It doesn't feel like heavy, but I feel the, I do feel the, like the weight is a good word for it. I feel the weight of the responsibility to, particularly with writing songs. Yeah, is like, you know, you'll lead a song, and once that song is done. Like that moment's kind of over, you know? It might, there might be like 10 people in the room who really take that moment, but the songs are going to last, you know? Like, I've heard people say that it's like our songs are really what people are paying attention to when they leave church. When they leave church, yeah. Like, if it's an amazing message, they might remember it later, but like the songs are the things they're going to sing all week long and whatever. So, I, I feel some weight around that, some responsibility of like, I want to write authentic, meaningful, presence-filled songs. Um, because if not, it's like, I should just let everyone else you know, write the songs they're good at. And right. I'm like, what is, what's the point of me writing a song if it's not going to be connected? Um, yep. So I do feel that. And, and it's, it's been definitely, as you watch songs kind of go out and you hear the impact that it's had on people, and you hear like the questions it makes them ask, and da da da. Like those are, those are really valuable, but but heavy uh, responsibilities. That I think I do feel that, and it's it's funny when you say something like, you know, there are people out there who are, because there probably are, and uh, it, it's it's humble. It really is humbling, and it's like a nice sobering reminder that it's like. The things we do matter Um, even for like where worship is going. Like if we see that, you know, worship leaders and worship teams and worship bands and worship songs, if there are gaps that exist right now, what are we doing to fill that gap or to help people fill that gap? I do. I do feel that responsibility.
0: That's awesome. Well, well, you, you talked about songwriting a little bit. You guys wrote a lot of songs.
1: <laughs> um, we did.
0: <laughs> how to Start a Fire, a House Fire 1 and 2.
1: Yeah, bro. We wrote a bunch year.
0: of songs. That's yeah. a lot of songs, man. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, like, is there, is there, I know that all songs, mm-hmm. it's hard for a creator to pick a favorite, but right now, do you have yeah. a, one or two? That you're like, hey, these are just these. These ones are really special to me.
1: Yeah, um, for sure. I think that um, there's there's a there's. I'll give you like three. There's yeah, as many as you want, and I'm and I'm giving three because the two I was going to share are ones that I wrote, and that feels
0: a little <laughs> a little unfair. That, no, that's a, this is a safe place. So you just like. <laughs> If, if a song you wrote doesn't isn't special to you, you probably <laughs> right. shouldn't have wrote You should right? probably throw it away. So,
1: yeah. Uh, but one that I didn't write is this song called To You, and it's on part one, and Davy Flowers is singing it. Yeah. And Mav had put it out a couple years ago on another record. And I loved it then, but there was something about Davy leading the song that it was like, I mean, anytime I listen to it, it's just like full body chills. like. Yeah. And it's just like, it's basically the story of the prodigal and what it feels like to run far from home and then have God just ready to receive you. And yeah. I think that the song is really special, but I think Davy carries it in a really unique way um, where you just can hear in her voice that she believes the words she's saying, yeah. which is really special. So I love that song. There's a song on part two called Look Around. That is, I I would say that of all the songs I've written, it's it's probably up there. It might be my favorite of all time. Yeah, Uh, and Sicily sang the crap out of that song and carried it so well. She's just such a yes, like she's
0: unhuman,
1: bro. It's actually crazy. (laughs) It's insane. Like
0: as a singer, as a writer, as a human, she's just she's just bananas.
1: It's nuts, and so we. I had written that song with a couple friends like two and a half years ago and it felt really special. It was the first song I had written since or the first worship song i had written since COVID had started. So it had been about like eight or nine months and I was at this camp and I was like, man, what is this going to be like? Like we walked in and it was just like, A really, really sacred moment of just looking, like on the whole journey with God, and seeing where He's brought you from, and if He's brought you from there to here, like how much further or how much deeper will He take you? And so it was just, it felt really special, and I think she carried it really beautifully. And then probably my, the one I feel most proud of on that record is on part one. It is a song called "If I Could Have Anything," and I think that the song was special because of how it was written. I wrote it with like an old friend of 20 years. Like we've been friends since we were kids yeah. and we got together and it was like a, we had a really long conversation before and then sat down and wrote it in like 45 minutes. But we walked away and we're like, that's really special. And it already was like a challenge to sing. Cause yeah. it's like a prayer and it's pretty bold prayer at times. And it felt special. But then Aja Walls hopped on it and kind of took it in a whole different direction. And it was really beautiful. Like I felt like that was a moment where you got to see kind of this new iteration of House Fires is all about collaboration. And like, if you look down the track list, you're like, who is House Fires? And that's kind of the point is like, who is House Fires? Could be anybody. And you have like, So many different people on these records, but Aja came in and it was like for me the perfect glimpse of collaboration because it's like a song that came from such a like real personal prayer from my friend and I, and then Aja came in and like really leaned into it, and in that moment just magic happens when it's like and you got to experience like in live time because this is what's crazy about writing worship songs, right? Is you write a song from a really personal place. And then every time that someone sings it, they're bringing their own life into it. And it means it can mean something totally different for them, or there's just a whole different context they are coming from And to witness that live was just beautiful. It's like, okay, that prayer means a lot to me, but it clearly means a lot to you too in a way and with language that I don't even have. And so I'm really, really proud of that song and the way that it's like, Touch some corners of the world, and it's felt really special, so yeah
0: well I, I would love for you to encourage our our friends that are listening, like um, you know you know this already, but most churches are under two hundred yeah. and fifty people, and seventy percent of people that attend church attend a church of two hundred or less, and yeah. so there's a there's a few folks listening today who were in the spot you were in that beautiful little church in South Georgia. (laughs) And um, they may or may not ever get to the, to the place where they're in a, in a a, a, part of a worship movement like house fires. But how would you encourage that worship leader today? Yeah, man.
1: Um, I mean, I think my biggest encouragement would be, and this is, For myself, because our church is like 350 people. You know, it's not it's not massive. Um, And. What I would say is that, like. The biggest gift that I receive being at church, besides just the presence in the community, is that I'm able to use my gifts. To. Just create an environment where people can meet with God. And yep. that's that happens everywhere. And it's just, it's a privilege. It's like um size at the end of the day is it's just really unimportant. And it's every like yep. the the presence of God is the thing we need the most. I think like every day I become more aware of that. And we have a really unique ability to like set people up to meet with God, mm-hmm. and that is that's all the encouragement that I need every week. Yep. It's like I come in and like sound check is a nightmare and a song that <laughs> I thought was really going to smash. I'm like, "We're halfway through ours, and I'm like, "Well, this is a bummer, and it's like you have all these moments, and you're like." you know, I've got a new person on the team and I want them to feel included and welcomed and I want to set them yeah. up. And all this stuff, it just all starts swirling around. And then it's like, wait, when we start this service, like we actually are creating a moment yeah. for people to put all of their junk down and to just meet with God and meet with each other. Um, and so I would say, A, just like let that sink in of what a gift that is. I find myself having to do that every week. Like we'll be in like our little pre-service prayer time. Like, let me just take a moment to like remember how beautiful this is. Yep. That people are bringing their lives and their vulnerability and their need to God, and they're offering Him time, and they're also searching for a touch of it. And I'm just like, this is beautiful because I'm doing the same thing. I'm showing up for yep. the same reason and so let it sink in and then also just like man enjoy it like I when you when I am in a set and I'm like all worried about how things are going and I'm like let's just make sure this thing slams and it's amazing and blah 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 I end up leaving those sets like so burnout out and so tired and then when I slow down and pay attention to God and let God meet with me too yeah it is, those are the weeks that I walk away and I'm like, what in the world was that? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Cause it's just, it's just nothing like the presence of God
0: for real. No, I completely, completely agree. Well, dude, thank you for, thank you for hanging out with us today. Bro, of course it was great to meet you, man, bro. Thank you for being willing to, to, to share your story and, and part of it and to encourage our friends that are listening today. Um, really appreciate having you man yeah
1: thanks man this is awesome